In came the sand of a song, warm on his creaturely breath. My singing child, bringing me gifts. A second or two before I realize it's not him. Lanny? I sit at work in the city, and the thought of him existing a 60-minute train ride from me, going about his day in the village, carrying his strange brain around, seems completely impossible. It seems unlikely, when I'm at work, that we had a child, and it is Lanny. If my parents were here, they'd surely say, No, Robert, you've dreamt him. Children aren't like that. Go back to sleep. Go back to work. His school report said, Lanny has an innate gift for social cohesion. He will often calm a fraught classroom with a single, well-timed joke or song. I see, objectively, that this must be the case. It sounds like Lanny. But where did his gifts come from? Do I have the same gifts? What or who is supposed to manage and regulate Lanny and his gifts? Oh fuck, it's us. Who can have children and not go completely mad? Lanny is especially gifted with language, and his World Book Day Tarka the Otter acrostic was shown to the headmaster and given an outstanding plus-stage gold elm sticker. What? What are any of you talking about? I want a sticker. At that time, I was into finding and cleaning the skeletons of dead things. Mostly birds. I would pull them apart, coat them in gold leaf, reassemble them wrongly and suspend them from wire frames. Little mobiles of badly made birds. I'd done a dozen or so. The gallery wanted something to show to sell. I was also taking casts of different barks. I was setting them in boxes with scraps of text, some drawings, some half-decent prints, sets, quiet stuff. She came down to the studio one morning and brought me a branch with two perfect arms. She'd seen a carved man I'd done. We'd gone from chatting in the street now and then to her popping in for a tea once or twice a week, sometimes with Lanny, sometimes alone. They'd only lived in the village a year or two. She'd seen a rough-cut man I'd done, a Christ without a cross, and she'd seen the possibility of another in this fallen branch. You're most kind, I said. Pleasure, Pete, she said. I liked her. Good for a natter. Warm, with a good eye for things. I often showed her my work, and she had interesting things to say. She made me laugh. But she knew when to piss off, seemed to know when I wasn't sociable. She was an actor, a dumb plays, a bit of TV. She told stories about all that, about all those arseholes in that business, it never sounded a million miles from the art world back in the day. She didn't miss the acting work, but she got bored sometimes when Lanny went to school, when her husband went into the city. She was writing a book, she said. 
a murder thriller. Sounds bloody horrid, I said. It is very bloody and horrid, she said, but thrilling. Often she would sit with me while I worked. She'd bought one of my pieces without me knowing from the gallery, one of my good big reliefs. I said I would have given her mate's rates if I'd known. And she said, exactly, Pete. I liked her. She used to fiddle with whatever was lying around. Bits of wire, a pencil, some twigs. Make something, by all means, I once said. Oh no, I'm hopeless with visual things, she said. And I remember thinking, what a strange and sad thing that was to say. Hopeless with visual things. Someone must have said something to her to make a notion like that stick. I thought of my mum. Someone said to my mother once when she was very young that she couldn't hold a tune, so she never sang or whistled in her life. I can't sing, she'd say. It wasn't until a lot later, after she was gone, that I recognized that for the preposterous notion it was. Can't sing? So she's sat at my table, poking crumbled lichen into a pile, while we chat about the new glass cube monstrosity being built on Sheep Ridge Hill. I'm watching her. First, she makes a neat shape, flattens it, divides in two, pinches it into two lines, nudges the two lines in and out of contact so she's got a little row of green-gray teeth, pats it down, rectangular, and uses her nail to make the edges clean. Then she dabs a perfect circle in the middle with a wet fingertip. Hopeless with visual things, but sitting there keeping a small pile of dried moss moving into half a dozen lovely shapes, absently making pictures on my kitchen table. She looks up at me and says she knows I'm busy and... She knows I'm famous, but if it isn't too stupid an idea, could I give young Lanny some art lessons? Art lessons? Bollocks, I thought. I told her that much as I liked the lad and enjoyed my chats with him, I couldn't imagine anything worse than teaching art. I'm a miserable, solitary bastard and can hardly hold a pencil, I said. And she laughed and said she understood. And then off she drifted in that nice way she has. Responsive to the light, I would call it. The type of person who is that little bit more akin to the weather than most people, more obviously made of the same atoms as the Earth than most people these days seem to be. Which explains Lanny. So she left that morning, and I sat and breathed in the atmosphere of her visit. I thought a lot about women growing up, being a girl in the world, and I miss my mum then, and my sister, and some women I've known, and I carefully laid tiny flakes of gold onto the skull of a robin, and hummed, old sprig of time, 
to myself. In came the sand of a song, warm on his creaturely breath, and he snuggled against me, climbing up on my lap, wrapping himself around my neck. I said, Lanny enters stage left, singing, stinking of pine tree and other nice things. I thought, please don't get too grown up for these hugs, my little geothermal bubba.